Oh, Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, the single best radio show in all of America. We just happen to talk about the beautiful game each and every week here on the home of world football, ESPN LA 710. Hello, everyone. I have Dave Dunholm. We are the home of LAFC as well. They're going to be going at it in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup coming up tomorrow at the bank, taking on a very pesky San Jose Earthquakes team. Remember, LAFC pounded the Earthquakes earlier this season while the Quakes are a lot better. Matias Almeida has them playing much better football, so it should be an interesting game. You'll hear it on the ESPN app. I'll have the call for you. We've got tickets to give away. Oh, by the way, I'm just whispering that. We have got multiples to give away, right? More than one person's going to win sometime this hour on the show here, so keep listening to Soccer Weekly. Gold Cup USA beats Guyana. 4 nothing in their group play opener. Look, it was a no-win situation for the United States. You're supposed to come out and crush Guyana, but, you know, 4-0 looks good. It, it maybe should have been better the way the U.S. started. They jumped out playing really well. I want to jump into that. Mexico's taken on Canada at the bottom of the hour, in fact, in Denver for their second group stage match. Of course, the Mexicans got off to a great start against Cuba. Uriel Antuna, the Galaxy Kind of revelation. He's on loan, of course, from Man City this year for LA Galaxy. He had three goals for El Tree, and El Tree looked to be very, very dangerous in this Gold Cup. Clearly the favorites in my book to win this thing. But under Greg Berhalter, the United States came out firing early in that game. Look, a lot of worry about what's been going with the U.S. Let's remember Christian Pulisic hadn't played in those games, okay? Not, re- not been effective in that sense where you needed him. You need him in the Gold Cup, and Christian Pulisic looks so good. Right? There's a reason Chelsea spent 70 million bones. Because Christian Pulisic is the most skilled soccer player we've ever had. And I mean with all deference to the greatest American soccer player, and he still is the greatest American soccer player, Landon Donovan. Christian Pulisic is the most skilled player we've ever had. And he looked really good. And look, that opens up the game. Paul Ariola looked pretty darn good, didn't he? I've only got to mention a few guys that really jumped out of me. Walker Zimmerman looked good. LAFC's Walker Zimmerman had the ball on his feet an awful lot in the back. And that's no big surprise because he's been doing that for the black and gold. Michael Bradley. i got to tell you about Michael Bradley here. How in the world can somebody as good in at football as Michael Bradley, who's had the career he's had and continues to have, how can he be really teetering on the brink of being the most underrated player in the history of U.S. soccer? How is that possible? Because all I ever hear, I know it's social media, and I know it's Twitter, and I should probably not pay attention to most of it. I know you're rolling your eyes at me right now as you listen at Talk Soccer on Twitter if you want to give me your opinion on this. How is it that I keep hearing, oh, Michael Bradley doesn't do this, he can't do that... All I saw the dude doing against Guyana was pinging the ball around on a string to people. You need a 40-yard pass, boom, right to the foot of his teammate. You need a 10-yard pass to get by a couple of defenders, boom, boom, right to the foot of his teammate. Now, sometimes his teammate has the touch of a brick wall, so the play breaks down occasionally. But every now and again... One of Michael Bradley's many pinpoint passes gets turned into magic. And one of those dudes to do it is a relative newcomer that you might not even know about. Tyler Boyd is his name. A winger 
who is a from a Portuguese club. He's been on a loan in Turkey for a while. He is uh, under the, uh, I guess his contract, whatever you want to call it, he's owned by, his contract is owned by Guimarães. I think I'm pronouncing that right, in Portugal. Good club, but they loaned him out to a, a club in Ankara in Turkey. And he played very well. And he's drawn the attention of U.S. manager Greg Berhalter, and they've worked it out. Tyler Boyd was a New Zealand youth international for a while, American uh, citizen as well as a New Zealander. The, the United States got FIFA to approve his move to play for the U.S., and oh, play he did. couple of goals there. And one of the passes from Bradley was just on a string to him from about 45 yards. And I just don't get why everybody... Look, I know Michael Bradley is not the future necessarily, in terms of if we're looking for 22, 26, of course. He's getting up there in his career. I get it. He's been around. But to say he somehow isn't one of our best players still? Now, you can argue that maybe we need to move past him in the sense that we need better players coming up. Meaning, I don't mean better than Bradley, but I mean, you need younger. You got to get, it's just, it's world football, right? You got to get that next year. Well, maybe he's not ready to be surpassed yet. How is it that Michael Bradley can still be underrated? One of the best players we've ever had. And he does it time and time again. I half expected to watch that Guyana game, knowing everybody gnawing at him for years now. I expected him to come out and just finally, you know, just hit the wall at some point. He's going to do that. Eventually, age catches up with everyone. Nope. And I'll even, I'll even, I'll even argue with his dad about this. I think Michael Bradley is so criminally underrated offensively over the years. I think he's a better offensive player than even his defense, which is pretty darn good. But, you know, Bradley has that the bald head, the bigger kid for a soccer player, played in Italy, so he's got the tough guy thing going, people think, so, oh, he must be a destroyer. He's a better offensive threat. And he still continues to deliver. But I like Tyler Boyd, too. I mean, I like Paul Ariola. I like the way the offense was crisply moving around. Jossie Zarda's up front. Yeah, you know, Jossie's hit or miss. If he's on for a night, he can beat you. If he's not, look out. That's not what you want from a center forward at a consistently high level. But what I, what people have to remember, okay, with expectations and, oh, we're... We literally what seems essentially weeks ago... We missed the World Cup, remember? And I know how painful it is because I never want it to happen again and it still sickens me. But we missed 2018. All right, you don't do that if you're loaded with talent. I know everybody wants to blame Jurgen Klinsmann and Bruce Arena. Yes, I did too. They bl- they deserve plenty of blame and I blamed them as much as they deserved. But the players deserved it as well. And some of them, including guys I've already mentioned, didn't play great over those games. And we didn't deserve to go. So it's not like we should be expecting to blow through every team we play now. Where where does that false immodesty come from? We need to be scraping and clawing. And a 4-0 win over even Guyana is a good win. How dare we assume anything greater than that? Now, I know we have we have the ability to get back and get going, but we still got to identify this stuff. We got to give this time. I don't mean give Greg Berhalter all the time in the world. I mean, we have to continue to find these players, and so far, so good. 
We got a ways to go, but let's not just go nuts here. We missed the World Cup in 2018. We're not ready to be just automatically, oh, yeah, we should be thrashing everybody in the Gold Cup, including Mexico. Why? How dare we think like that? Let's have a mentality of getting right back to work and working harder than everybody, including Mexico, including Guyana, and whomever we play. And I believe our next game coming up, I'm going to be there, actually. It's in my hometown, in Cleveland. Yeah, the United States will be taking on Trinidad and Tobago. I'll be there in a rematch of this terrible team that knocked us out, TNT, from the 2018 World Cup. I actually like Trinidad and Tobago. I'm just still bitter that they knocked us out. So we'll get, hopefully, a little revenge, though nothing can ever make up for that. It comes up Saturday. As I mentioned, L3 actually taking on Canada a little bit later on. Uh, you know, Actually, it'll start kickoff during the show, so I won't mention anything beyond that, but uh, they're going to look to continue their hot start here to the Gold Cup. I love the Gold Cup. I don't care what anyone says. I love the Women's World Cup as well. Any 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 World Cup is just I'm all I don't care if the United States isn't in it like the 2018 Men's World Cup or the Women's World Cup. I don't care what else is going on in my life. Every, the World Cup is the World Cup. I will say this though. The United States, obviously, we've talked about them off to a flying start against Thailand and all the issues that went on there. Then they beat up Chile pretty good. Good good win over Chile. I'll say this. I'll go back to one last thing about the Thailand victory, and I don't, you know, we've already hashed that out last week. If you want to go listen to the podcast, you can always check that out. One thing I will say about the United States and the celebration and all that against Thailand. And then you saw Carly Lloyd kind of give, like, what everybody's calling the golf clap celebration to kind of throw it back in people's face maybe a little maybe all right I don't I can't read her mind but with the United States if you're going to act like they did you better win the whole thing right if you're going to come out and do that kind of stuff you better win the whole cup not just one game not just thrashing Thailand or even beating Chile you better win the whole stinking thing if you're going to act like that and so far, so good. The United States, clearly the best team I've seen in this tournament. I haven't really been that wowed by the Women's World Cup with the play on the field. I love it. I'm going to watch it every minute I can. And so far, so good that way. But I haven't been wowed. And I was trying to think why that is. Cause, because I love 2015. But I, I actually blame World Cup 2018, the Men's World Cup last year, which was the best World Cup I've ever seen, despite the fact that we missed out on it. Right? And it got me thinking again, am I wrong on that? Hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. I just think it's it's hard to live up to what World Cup 2018 was. Unbelievable. The best World Cup of my lifetime. And I think it's going to be very difficult for World Cup 2022 to live up to it. But we still have a long way to go in this Women's World Cup. I'm seeing a few teams that I think can scare the United States, though I do believe the red, white, and blue are clear favorites. Germany and France are really... I mean, there's some other good teams, don't get me wrong, but I really think those two can cause issues for the United States. We shall see how good this U.S. team is, because they could... Who knows? Maybe no one will cause them issues, <laughs> quite frankly, as the United States will look really, really good as they're rolling through group play, as that continues here the FIFA women's world cup we're going to continue on we've got the black and gold breakdown coming up we'll be joined by lafc defender tristan blackman and don't forget if you want a chance to win tickets a pair of tickets and we've got multiple 
I didn't say one winner. I said we got multiple winners coming up later on in this show. You keep listening right here to the home of world football in Southern California. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. We roll on here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's the home of LAFC, ESPN LA 710. You'll hear that U.S. Open Cup game coming up tomorrow night on the ESPN app as LAFC host San Jose Earthquakes. Just four wins away. We are going to be giving away tickets coming up here. Keep listening to Soccer Weekly for your chance to win a pair of tickets. And we'll have multiple winners. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to tell you how, when, where. But multiple winners coming up for that one. We love LAFC here. And we love Black and Gold Breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. Pleasure to be joined for the first time here on Soccer Weekly in Black and Gold Breakdown by LAFC defender Tristan Blackman. Tristan, you're making your rookie debut here on the show. Yeah, I am. <laughs> dude, congratulations. Yeah, man, uh, dude, we really appreciate it. Congratulations uh, right now are in order for you, and I'll tell you why. Because you have been put you're, – you, you're in a tough situation. Professional athletes sometimes find themselves in tough situations having to replace a guy who got injured, right, that's playing great. The team's right. playing really well, and basically a guy like you, your job is somebody might get hurt, you got to get right in there and do the exact same thing and play as well, if not better, frankly. And everybody expects that out of you. What's that pressure like, exactly. Tristan? You know, what's that like? As you know, I know you're a professional athlete, it is your job, but what's that pressure like to kind of replace someone who's been playing so well in Stephen Betashore? No, of course. I think there's definitely a little bit of pressure, um, especially – you know, as a young guy to come in and, you know, fill the shoes that Beta, you know, has put forward. Um, and he's been doing really well. And like you said, the team has been doing incredible this year. So to come in, you know, you just have to be confident and do your job. And, you know, thankfully, you know, the work's been, you know, paying off and we've been doing really well. So keep going. Tristan, we have a lot of people that listen to this show just because they like great radio that don't even really know that much about soccer explain to maybe the person who doesn't know a lot and you know most of our listeners do they understand loans but some people don't you know you you have been on loan getting experience playing games uh you know uh, away from LAFC explain how that can be a little tricky too though you know now you're back with the team and and how how difficult is that no yeah for sure um so obviously not obviously but when you go on loan um so I'm originally here in LA and then I go to a team in Phoenix to play for a few matches to do game minutes and, and whatnot, um, you know, to get fitness back up. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a jumble in the beginning, but you take it on, you know, your shoulders and you try to do the best that you can. And last year, um, we actually made it to the USL, you know, championship with the team that I was on. Um, so that went really well. And then this year had a couple a couple matches for Phoenix as well. Um, but yeah, like you just, you know, work as hard as you can to fit in with the group of guys over there. And then when you come back um, to LA, you know your job and you know, what the coaches are asking of you. So you just keep pushing and working hard. And, you know, so, some guys, you know, get the call up and, you know, data went down and I, I thought that I had to stand up and, you know, be confident and, you know, earn my place in the team right away. And, you know, it's gone well. So yeah, I mean, the motive, for me is definitely just keep grinding and doing my thing. 
Well, if you're listening, did you just notice what Tristan said there? Obviously a great explanation of what goes on with loans, but I, I don't know if anybody picked up on it. I don't even know if you picked up on it, Tristan. You said we when referencing Phoenix, and I like that because you were a part of that, and you guys did go right. to the championship, you know, and you felt like that, but you also know your, your future is with LAFC, of course, and that's, the, it's not, you know, that's part of soccer. And I love the fact that you've come right back in after the injury to Beta and you've picked up what what has that been like? I know you know sometimes the first couple of games you're still trying to find your way a little bit with your new team, you know the teammates and and but you you've really obviously accustomed to it very well. But what were the first couple minutes of that like, really? Oh, uh, I think you know after training here, you know for a year and a half, you build relationships with the people that you're playing next to. Yeah. So I think definitely this year more than last year, it was more of an easy transition coming into games and playing you know, with the likes of Carlos and Diego or Walker and, you know, Mark and Edwards. So I think the relationship is, has been, you know, built um, pretty well. And I just keep looking to, you know, further that relationship um, with the guys around me. And I think it's done very, or we've done very well um, this year, you know, easing me into the, to the matches and whatnot. But there's definitely like, uh, I wouldn't say a relief, but, you know, a huge bit of excitement getting that first call up against Montreal. And, you know, just keep looking forward to moments like that, for sure. Well, you've certainly done well. We're talking with Tristan Blackman here on Black and Gold Breakdown. LAFC uh, right back here who, uh, it's no secret, Tristan, I think everybody knows your life is probably made a little bit easier on that right side with Carlos Vela in front of you, taking up a lot of attention. <laughs> he, oh, oh, by the yeah, way, happens happens to be the best player in the league and maybe one of the best players on the planet right now. Uh, right, that, yeah. that that does make your job a little easier, right? No, of course. You know, playing with a you know a great player, it definitely has its perks. Um, and yeah, he's an incredible player and person, so it's definitely an honor to play alongside him. But you do have to get forward. Right, because that's your job, and especially yeah, on this team. Sure. Talk a little bit about that role, Tristan, because the backs, the uh, both left and right backs, are super important in Bob Bradley's system here. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely built on the relationships we had with the midfielders and the wingers, and, you know, if Carlos is inside, then, you know, I have to make sure that I can provide an option out wide, and if he's, he's outside on the touchline, um, you know, giving him that angle inside to play if he needs it. Um, but yeah, we're definitely attacking minded and um he's definitely the style that we've built into the, the club and that Bob has set forth. So um the wing backs are super super important, but you know, every position is and we all, you know, work as a collective to get to get the job done. Well, and honestly though, a lot of times we see a guy who'll come in at a at a back spot, and I'm not just talking about LAFC, I just mean in soccer in general. When they're you know mm-hmm. when they're really tasked with getting forward, sometimes it's hard to do that because you're a little worried about your defensive responsibilities. Why has it been uh, the fact that you've been able to really go for? Is that kind of how you see the game anyway? Do you like to get forward normally? Uh, yeah, you played no, up front. Didn't um, you? I mean, you played up front in your career. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I did definitely have a couple stints up up top <laughs> for a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, the coaching staff every day remind me that. You know, sometimes you're going to make mistakes going forward and, yeah. you know, playing passes inside and whatnot, but you just have to keep going, you know, and they they push me every day to get forward and to join the attack to create advantages for our team. So, of course, it's in me as a player, and I think my coaches and my players, or not my players, my teammates, definitely, uh, you know, help me in that aspect of the game to push yeah. me 
um, throughout the 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes. Well, he had a goal against Montreal. It was fun to call it. Of course, it was assisted by Carlos Vela. Talk us through, Tristan, and that uh, that uh, goal, that uh, corner kick where you scored off of, because you, really uh, LAFC was having some issues on the uh, corners before then, and then you came through and really with a great goal there. Talk us through that goal. Yeah, uh, well, Carlos, you know, obviously whipping a, a great ball um, into a space where I was able to get to, but I think a lot of the work those unseen sometimes when you have to battle with you know the defender marking you to get open into free space sure so you know i managed to get free of my man and got into the space where you know i needed to um and like like i said carlos looked in a great ball and you know i got my head on it and you know thankfully it went in so it was an awesome feeling for sure we are talking with Tristan Blackman here on black and gold breakdown of course he is a lafc defender playing right back an awful lot here and as we get into this match, Tristan, with the Open Cup, you know, oftentimes we talk about the Open Cup as, you know, a chance for some guys to get minutes, maybe rest people. But with the schedule the way it is for you guys, it's really just Bob Bradley wants to win this thing anyway. And it's kind of working out in the sense that you can really go full at it here with a pretty light June, right? I know we're missing a few key players, taking nothing away from them, but this team has the depth that this Open Cup is really – it's really something that LAFC is striving for. No, 100%. We're, you know, we're going to win the whole thing. Um, and everybody's mentality is, you know, towards that and, you know, bringing the cup home to LAFC. So uh, we're taking this very seriously. Um, it's a huge opportunity for us to bring a trophy back to, you know, our club um, in the second year. Um, but, yeah, like I said, we're taking this very seriously and we, we want to win this thing. Now, Tristan, you're still a young guy, obviously just getting going a couple of seasons in now. Uh, talk a little bit about your soccer history, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of it because I had to study you guys for doing the games, but there's probably a lot of L- LAFC fans that don't even know. How did you come up through the game, Tristan? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Las Vegas. Um, you know, grew up playing club soccer there. Um, and then I ended up going to college in Stockton, California. I went to a school called University of the Pacific, um, where I was actually part of the rebirth of a program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so my first two years I played as a, a number nine and a number 11 <laughs> up top, um, which was a fun experience. And then my junior year uh, I started playing right back, and, you know, it ended up, you know, going really well. And after my senior senior fall ended up getting invited to uh, the MLS combine and then you know fast forward I'm I'm in LA playing for LAFC so you know not too dissimilar from a lot of young players out there growing up and playing club soccer in their respective areas and you know just you know grinded as hard as I could to put myself in the position that I'm in and you know just keep going from there. All right, I'm about to ask a question here, listeners, that before any of you get offended, Tristan is of age. He is from Vegas. He's over 21. <laughs> so I can ask him, Tristan, do you like po- do you prefer poker, blackjack, craps? What's your what's your game? <laughs> uh, I actually don't gamble too much. Ah, that's the right answer. It was a trick question. Yeah. Yeah. That's the right answer, young man. There you go. That's what I like to hear. I was a tri- yeah, I like poker. Sir. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a poker uh, idiot, but uh, you know that was what I wanted to hear out of Tristan Blackman. I didn't I didn't uh, prep him with these questions, and we want to keep <laughs> him away from the pits. That's all I'm going to say. So good for you. Yeah, That's exactly. A, a smart man here, Tristan Blackman, joining us here. Uh, the uh, young man who plays uh, right back now for LAFC. 
Uh, Tristan, as we look at this team and as you're moving forward, it's been a great start, no doubt, but it's such a long season. You know, we know how this stuff goes in professional sport. How do you maintain that focus? Because you still have a long way to go. Right. Um, Look, you have to pay attention to, you know, injury prevention and, you know, staying focused as a group throughout the entire year. And obviously, you know, guys will pick up injuries and guys have to step up um, and help the team in whatever way they can uh, to keep pushing the team forward. Um, But it's definitely a mentality and a culture that we have here at the club. You know, we want to win things. We want to win playing our style of football. And every person who comes to the club is going to, you know, adopt adopt that, you know, philosophy. And that's the way we want to play and want to win games. So, um, yeah, it's definitely within the, the guys here and the coaching staff and everybody part of the club. Um, so, yeah, we just want to win games and win, it doing, or win games doing it in our way. He has fit right into the culture at LAFC. He is Tristan Blackman. Tristan, continued success, man. Keep going at it. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Your first time here on Soccer Weekly. We hope you had fun. Thanks. No, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. You bet. Tristan Blackman here on Black and Gold Breakdown, playing right back for LAFC as they continue their march in the U.S. Open Cup. Still to come, you'll have a chance to win tickets to that very game coming up at the bank tomorrow. And if you don't happen to win tickets, you can hear it on the ESPN app. And even if you're at the game at the bank, you know, you know, take your app out and listen to the game. I'll be making the radio call here of the uh, San Jose LAFC game for the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, what is it, the round of 16 now we're already down to? So we'll see who goes on to the quarterfinals. Thanks so much to Tristan Blackman for joining us. We really appreciate that. Again, all of that still to come. Plus, we've got stoppage time. Keep it right here on the home of world football and LAFC in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave home the uh, home of world football here in Southern California. And we are the home of LAFC, the black and gold I'll have the call on that game coming up in the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow, Thursday night, on the ESPN app. And don't forget, if you want a chance to win a pair of tickets, well, okay, now's the time. Right? I've been uh, teasing you with this. Coming up at the bank tomorrow, which is the best sports experience in all of L.A., you can cheer on LAFC. They're going head-to-head against San Jose Earthquakes. It's the uh, round of 16 of the U.S. Open Cup. Winner heads on to the quarterfinals. Look, they're only four wins away from the title, which would get them into the CONCACAF Champions League, right? Get them their first big trophy. So because of that, since they're only four wins away, we're going to take the first four callers at 877-710-ESPN right now. 877-710-3776. 877-710-ESPN. Callers 1, 2, 3, and 4 are going to win a pair of tickets each to the U.S. Open Cup match tomorrow, this Thursday, against San Jose Earthquakes. Might be your first ever trip into the bank. Remember, they sell out every time. Maybe you can't even get into the bank normally. This is a good opportunity. Again, 877-710-ESPN. Right now, the first four callers. If it keeps ringing, try to stay with it. Right? We got uh, the great Michael Funches trying to take care of business back there. And if it keeps ringing for too long, you probably didn't win. But to give it your best shot, 877-710-ESPN. The first four callers, guys, are going to win a pair of tickets to that game coming up tomorrow. Hey, if you miss any of the show, you heard Tristan Blackman and Black and Gold Breakdown, you want to get my thoughts on uh, the Gold Cup performance by the United States, take it over to the podcast, right? Each and every week here on Soccer Weekly, the podcast is blowing up. 
We really appreciate your support, no doubt, not only of this show, but the podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. Go to the ESPN Podcatcher, Pod Center, whatever it is, and search for Soccer Weekly. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we would appreciate that. That helps immensely. And look, if you don't love the show, it's fine. I can take it. I know you do, but I can take it. If you got to give me an honest review, I understand. That's perfectly fine. We fully appreciate that. U.S. Open Cup game, as we mentioned, is on the app tomorrow. LAFC hosting San Jose. A little bit of a trickier game than you might have thought early in the year. Remember when LAFC went up to San Jose early in the season, late March, and just ran over an Earthquakes team that was still absolutely lost under new manager Matias Almeida? Now, we all know Matias Almeida is a great manager. What he did with Chivas was almost incomprehensible because, frankly, I thought Chivas' talent was not good. They got a couple of decent players under Almeida, but he really took that team to new heights, winning CONCACAF Champions League over a much better Toronto FC team. And, I, and I'll go to my dying, de- dying uh, bed or whatever, my dying day, saying that Toronto was the best team in CONCACAF when they were taking on Chivas in that final. And Chivas won and deserved it. And Almeida got them there. So if you thought the earthquakes were going to be as dreadful as they were starting this season, the way that LAFC handled them, remember the story of that game? Of course, Carlos Vela went off his first hat trick and had just unbelievable goals. But the story was also the 32-52 absolutely rocking Avaya Stadium. And I mean rocking it. And essentially the black and gold just took over. Well, there might be something on the Earthquakes' mind coming into this Open Cup game about that. Because they're playing much better. Unbeaten in the last four in MLS. They beat uh, Sacramento Republic, a team we know all too well here in Southern California, after playing LAFC, played them last season in the Open Cup. And they uh, San Jose handled them in a very tough game. It was not a blowout by any means. They got by San- Sacramento, I should say. 4-3 the final. That one. San Jose's playing much better football. No question about it. They're going to be way, I mean, way more difficult to handle, if you will. Even though it's at the bank, and we all know how successful LAFC has been at the bank so far. But this game is going to be tricky. Make no mistake about it. Do not go into this match thinking, oh yeah, another thrashing for LAFC. That may not be the case. So I'm concerned about that. Now, I'm not worried about how LAFC handles the game. They're going to come in firing on all cylinders, I suspect. They know that San San Jose is a much better team than they have been, but fans at the bank better be ready for what I think is going to be a very good match. Now, speaking of good matches, coming up right after the show ends, essentially, Portland Timbers hosting LA Galaxy in the round of 16. And we know what the Timbers look like after getting picking up Brian Fernandez, who's just such a good player. Oh, man. Oh, boy, Portland's going to be a real threat in the West. They're going to be a threat in this competition. And the Galaxy have their hands full going up to Providence Park for this one. Again, that one gets going right just about as this show ends, coming up at the top of the hour. So we'll see how the Galaxy handle that, taking on a very, very challenging Portland team. That should be... Interesting. I love the U.S. Open Cup. I know some people are don't really care that much about it or whatever. Love it. And why? Why do I have to continue to tell people why I love the Open Cup? First of all, it's soccer. <laughs> and it's a competition that has a magnificent trophy attached to it with a lot of history. 
And second of all, you get a ticket. You punch your ticket to the CONCACAF Champions League if you win. And that cannot be understated. you got to get there, right? And this is an opportunity to get there. And I'll say this. Look, this competition wraps up, what, when's the final this year? I think it's late August. I think that's when they're scheduled for the uh, Open Cup final this year. I think it's uh, late August, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the last week in August. If you're a team like LAFC, right? Or even, you know, whatever, Portland, LA Galaxy team that's trying to climb in the West and maybe will threaten LAFC for, who knows? Maybe they'll threaten them for the West or even the, the supporter's shield. But if you're a team like LAFC and you're, you're gearing up to try to win everything, you're trying to win the supporter shield, that also gets you a ticket into the Champions League. You're trying to win MLS Cup, that buys you a ticket. You're trying to win the U.S. Open Cup. Well, the U.S. Open Cup wraps up first, right, out of all this. So wouldn't it be nice with that final coming up in late August to win that and know you've got that secure? Now, that doesn't mean you, you know, start uh, slowing down or anything. Quite the contrary. With that in your back pocket where you know you have your ticket punched to the Champions League, then you just refocus again on just getting the best record in MLS, maybe even breaking records in MLS. You know what I mean? So it is a massive competition for LAFC, certainly for everyone involved, but for LAFC, how great would it be to, to wrap that up? You know? And so that's where I look at it and think, the opportunity is there. you got to go claim it. you just got to go get it. And that's what LAFC is doing, man. They almost did it last season. And LA Galaxy have the team. They Frankly, the LA Galaxy have the team that can win this competition as well, no doubt. Again, hands full tonight, taking on Portland, coming up at the top of the hour in Portland at Providence Park. But I guess what I'm saying, also, you know, I'm trying not to mention it. <laughs> I've gone through this, what, we're almost, I don't know, a couple almost 10 minutes into this segment. I'm trying not to mention the next round. Right? I know you're all laughing at me now, probably. But I'm trying not to look past these games. San Jose, if you're LAFC, and of course the Timbers, if you're LA Galaxy, because the winners go at each other in the next round, the quarterfinals. And we already know that based on the draw. They drew the round of 16 and the quarterfinal draw for the U.S. Open Cup. And we know the winners will play each other. And we know LAFC or San Jose would be the home team. Whoever wins that game coming up tomorrow. Regardless of who wins tonight between the Timbers and LA Galaxy, they know they'll be on the road for that next round. Now we want, right, we want LAFC and the Galaxy. I mean, at least that's what I want. I know some people hate the Timbers enough with the sports hate of a thousand sons that maybe that we continue the rivalry with LAFC. That'd be cool too. But so I guess there's a no, there's no way to lose in that next round in the sense of what the matchup would be. You're going to be at home against a team you hate in Portland or a team you hate in LA galaxy. Come on. I want LAFC versus the galaxy. I want to ask Mario Rees, right? Mario, what matchup do you want? Oh, no doubt about Again, it. LAFC, to, LA galaxy. Yes. Not trying to look past the earthquakes. That's why I couldn't even mention it for almost 10 minutes. But I had to finally say it. This is, I mean, that's kind of like the elephant in the room. We want that matchup. 
Yeah, we definitely have some tough hurdles for both teams, Galaxy yeah. and LAFC, to pass here first before yeah, we can even think about this match. Would not surprise me if anything happened based yeah. on all these four teams. I get that, but man, do I want that matchup. Come oh, on. Goodness. Yes. I, you know, and I didn't want to say it, but the heck with it. I'm saying it. Let's go. Because the MLS schedule, we're not playing until next month, and it's been so Late. long since we played them. You know, Late July, for crying out loud. Man, it's like dragging on, and then it's not till August for the second. Ah. Let's get a little U.S. Open Let's Cup showdown. Yes. Till then. Could not agree more. We want it. We know we want it. Let's just say it. Let's just put it out there. Oh, can't wait. Great stuff, as always. We rolling on. Look, stoppage time is the best. We know that. That's still to come. Got a lot to talk about there. It's always so much fun to talk football with you. If you want to continue the conversation with me, at Talk Soccer on Twitter, this is the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. L.A. Care injury report time. At L.A. Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit LACare.org today. L.A. Care for all of L.A. Now, there are missing players for L.A. Galaxy and LAFC as we get ready to take on U.S. Open Cup action. The Galaxy playing Portland tonight. LAFC taking on the uh, San Jose Earthquakes tomorrow. You'll hear it on the ESPN app. And it's at the bank coming up tomorrow. Of course, LAFC missing Stephen Betashore still out. Javi Perez with the uh, ACL tear. He's done for the season. And Alejandro Guido with the right quad strain. Of course, uh, Walker Zimmerman, Tyler Miller with the U.S. team. Peter Lee Vassals with Jamaica, among others. You know, like with the Gold Cup going on. Copa America's got Rolf Felcher for the Galaxy uh, playing for Venezuela. Uriel Antuna has been a star for El Tri so far with the Gold Cup. Uh, Romano Sandrini with the long-term injury, but most of everybody else available, pretty healthy for both teams uh, going into those games. So, so that is your L.A. Care injury report. Time now for the best segment on all of radio. It is stoppage time. It's time, It's stoppage time! Yeah. It's stoppage time! It's stoppage time! Right now! Oh, Mario Reyes, the producer for LAFC football and Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA. He is the host of Stoppage Time. What's going on, Mario? Oh, Dave, you got me salivating over the next round of the U.S. Open Cup with a potential Ooh. match. LAFC, LA Galaxy. Oh, what? Man, Come we need on, it. man. I need it so bad. <laughs> That's what scares me because usually any teams I love in football or in sports, it doesn't work out for me. Are but you I a jinx? Are you one of those jinx? That, yes. Oh, no, Dave. I'm mush. I, don't want this, I want this matchup so bad, though. That's what I want. So. Oh, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, we wish nothing but the best to, see, uh, to get that uh, 12-mile derby going. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right, Dave. we got 14-year-old Phenom. You remember Freddie Adu when he was 14 years old oh, yeah. playing for D.C. United? He started a commercial for Pepsi sure. with Pele, remember? Oh, man. He signed a Nike deal. He had, a, he had an ad with uh, Milk. He was on the cover of Time Magazine. He was going to be the next Pele, no doubt. Yeah, yeah he even trained with uh, Manchester United briefly. Mm. Well, Adu says his his uh, his playing days are not over, mm. and he wanted to go and play with the Las Vegas Lights as if he did uh, last season before. Yeah. He wanted to come back and play under Eric Winalda, but Eric Winalda kind of denied him the chance to play again for Las Vegas Lights. He says the reason that Freddie's not here now, there are six or seven guys getting their first chance or second chance and uh, he said uh, Freddie Adu's on his fourth or fifth chance. It's their turn and not his. What do you think about that, Dave? I now hate Eric Winalda. I love Eric. No, I'm just kidding. I totally <laughs> love Eric. I would never uh, go again. You know, I understand what he's saying. Uh, I honestly believe Freddie Adu came along at a time when he was just, we were not ready for Freddie in America. 
right? We just weren't. We didn't have the coaching structure. We didn't have everything. It was too early. And I believe that. I'm not saying that Freddie Adu has done everything right in his career by any means or any. Still, maybe the most talented player we've ever had in America, talent-wise. Just a pure soccer talent, Mario. And that has been a shame that it didn't reach full potential. It happens. Uh, I still would love to see him get another shot somewhere. He's 30 years old. I mean, it's probably not going to happen, if I'm being honest. That's just the way sports goes. But, man, I have always loved the skill that was Freddie Adu and what could have been. It's just really sad. We always know what could have been. Thanks so much, Mario. Appreciate it. But each and every week, we deliver. We don't just say what could have been here. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710.